Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4102 of The Bugle. What you are about to hear is a mixture of the live shows from the Stand Comedy Clubs in Glasgow on Tuesday the 19th of March and Edinburgh on Wednesday the 20th. As I speak, it's now Thursday the 21st. By the time you listen to this, it will be at least Friday the 22nd. And who knows what the f*** will be happening with Brexit by then, other than the fact that it will be deeply, fundamentally flawed, whatever and whenever it does and or doesn't happen. If you enjoy the show or have enjoyed any previous Bugles, or expect to enjoy any future Bugles and want to contribute, you can now voluntarily subscribe once again to keep the Bugle free, independent and firing. Click the donate button at thebuglepodcast.com. Also buy tickets and send emails to my satirist for hire Brexit special shows at Soho Theatre, 26th to the 28th of March. I'm not delaying it, I'm going through with the shows. Even if the majority of Britain no longer wants me to, I'm a product of my times. Anyway, here is this week's Bugle, live, albeit now live in the recent past, from Scotland, with me, Alice Fraser, and Chris, with his brand spanking new bionic hip. Uh, We're coming to you live from Edinburgh, which is in Scotland, and also in the UK, for now. (laughs) (laughs) And also in the EU, for now. Let Let me just check that is still correct. Yeah, that is still correct as of this minute uh, Chris is keeping an update Theresa May uh, God rest her soul um, if it is uh, ever found is uh, well as we were about to come on stage she was about to come out and give a speech in which no doubt she will sort everything out um, in her uh, traditional uh, traditional style are you Theresa May fans? No. no not even Theresa May is a Theresa May fan <laughs> There is one good thing about Theresa May, though, and uh, I, I disagree with her politics. I think uh, I mean, clearly with Brexit, she's been dealt an unplayable hand and has played those cards f***ing incompetently. <laughs> uh, Chris, Chris is here. For those who've not seen Chris before, Hello. this is uh, this is what he looks like in uh, in three D, um, and he's here uh, despite um, well uh, a serious medical procedure. Uh, he had a, a hip operation, what, f- a month ago? Two months ago. Two months ago. Half my ass sawn off. <laughs> I will show you the photos after the show. <laughs> How much are you looking forward to the fact that this could be the first bugle we ever do that will be literally out of date before the interval? <laughs> <laughs> oh, news, you are a cruel mistress. <laughs> Uh, just a quick update now. Uh, she's not started a speech, but that loud sobbing can be heard through the door of Ted Downing Street. And a woman's voice saying, I don't want to go out there. I don't want to go out there. Um, so uh, so we are here um, on the 20th of March, uh, 2019. Um, and, uh, well, this week in history, there's been some sensational. Let's go back to 1649. Uh, this week in history, what... In 1649, here's a little quiz question for you, was described as useless and dangerous to the people of England. This is a multiple choice question. What was described as useless and dangerous to the people of England this week in 1649? Was it A, Scotland? Was it B, mixed martial arts? Was it C, Jean-Claude Juncker? Was it D, foreign food? Or, Or was it E, the House of Lords? Uh, it was in fact the House of Lords uh, correct, uh, was described as useless and dangerous to the people of England this week in, uh, in 1649 and the House of Commons passed an act abolishing the House of Lords in March 1649 so 
how is that going? <laughs> process of abolishing something that's, what's it now, 371 years ago? Is it? I mean, 368. Well, what are we talking about? Uh, f it. Anyway, should be done that. Usually good with numbers. Uh, 370 years ago uh, was considered outdated. Um, uh, oh, uh, just a quick Theresa May update. Uh, she's now at the mic in Downing Street. Uh, and she said, uh, look over there, a peacock. <laughs> Don't see many of them at this time of year, do you? I've nearly finished my Panini sticker book. Just missing a couple of Huddersfield town players. Do any of you in the press corps want to do any swapsies? So it looks like she's still not really addressing this issue head on. <laughs> on uh, this, uh, this week we have... Uh, what, 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 oh, World Poultry Day! Uh, was uh, that's uh, this week? Um, I was going to do something about uh, World, World Poultry Day. Uh, some poultry for you. Um, I've had a lot of fun with PowerPoint, by the way. Um, uh, I was going to do some stuff about World Poultry Day, but a Scottish friend of mine uh, warned against it. He said, "It's Guinea fowl the whole show up." Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's too early. It's too early. It's too early. Too soon. You are right. We've got to hold the puns for later in the show. That is turkey to bugle live. <laughs> Uh, what'll be next? Um, the um, yeah, I think we got one more anniversary. Um, that's next. Uh, so that that is the answer. And answer is in fact the Latin name for goose. <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch. That was a bit of ostrich. That was a stretch. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, as always, buglers. Uh, some sections of the bugle audio newspaper are going where. Going where Edinburgh? Correct, they are going in the bin. Um, no, clicking to start with a hundredth birthday. Does anyone know what is a hundred years old this year? Also, uh, thirty years old this month. Any ideas? The internet. The internet is thirty years old. That's what it looked like back in uh, 1989. Uh, the internet, um, and uh, it's really uncorked an absolute Jeroboam of fury. Uh, the internet. Clearly, there's some good things about it, um, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of cricket footage. It turns out in the world, but. Um, <laughs> 1895, on this day in uh, 1895, uh, we have uh, Auguste and Louis Lumiere recorded the first footage using their newly patented, patented cinematograph, setting in train a sequence of events that led inevitably to the love guru, Smurfs, <laughs> and Smurfs 2. <laughs> <laughs> Right, as always, the section of the bugle is going, where Glasgow? It's going, where? In it's going in the bin, I'll press that a little bit too early. Uh, in the bin. Uh, in the bin, this week. Scotland facts. There we are, the uh, Scotch egg. Uh, absolutely key part of Scottish uh, culture. You know the origin of the Scotch egg? Uh, it's when they were trying to smuggle William Wallace's testicles back north of the border. Had to, had to disguise it as a snack. Um, uh, bagpipes. Um, uh, I hadn't written a fact about bagpipes yet, uh, but uh, that's one of the jokes that got lost in the uh, missing hour and a half. I'm sure these Scottish people need a fact about bagpipes. <laughs> and uh, here we have uh, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, <laughs> and um, does anyone know what Nicola Sturgeon uh, really intends for uh, Scotland and the United Kingdom? Oh, well, let's find out because uh, we've got a special device here, a subtextricator app that interprets uh, politicians' words and tells you what they really mean. The Scottish so Government remains committed strongly to the principle of giving Scotland a choice at the end of this process. 
Right, just stick that through the... I am Sturgill, the Annihilator, the Chainsaw of Everlasting Justice. I want to destroy not just prison, but all of the human race. Apart from Scotland. Fear my power. I bench for 80, and I can kill a rhinoceros just by looking at it. One day, I will come to Westminster and use Big Ben as a toothpick and turn England into a haggis milkshake. Fear the Sturgeon. Fear Scotland. The end is nigh. There you go. Daily Mail was right there. I think we can all agree that sound effect slightly too long. Right now, uh, that, uh, that concludes the uh, section uh, in the bin. Time after that slowly overlong beginning uh, to uh, meet our co-host uh, for uh, for today. We are about to try something absolutely incredible on a technological basis. It's Alice Fraser. <laughs> right. Hello, Andy. Hello, Googlers. How are you? Uh, well, tell, uh, Alice is down uh, the other end of this magic webcam. Everyone, wave at Alice. Hey. Uh, this is what Scotland looks like these days. Um, Seems Alice. dark. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it's not just Scotland. Uh, so, uh, Alice, you are reporting from uh, well tomorrow. Uh, how's the world? Uh, how's the world looking? I mean, it's it's now six thirty six a.m. Uh, and I woke up at four thirty, so it's looking like I want a nap. That's how it's looking. Right. Okay. Let's uh, crack on with. Top story this week! And uh, sadly, there's only one place to start uh, with uh, a top story this week, and that is uh, Brexit. Uh, Brexit news. Any further updates from our, our God given Prime Minister? Uh, Theresa May has blamed MPs. <laughs> Failing to remember that she herself is one. <laughs> Blaming the workings of democracy for the failings of democracy. Yes. Right. What happy times we live in. Um, it has been a curious week for Theresa May. Um, she uh, basically, she's fundamentally been like a firefighter, desperately trying to put out a burning petrol station by throwing her third and final banana at it. Whilst <laughs> <laughs> uh, shouting, I feel lucky! I feel lucky! Um... Now, this week's events have been described as parliamentary trench warfare, but the important thing to remember about <laughs> trench warfare is that the opposite sides were firing at each other, not at themselves. That is the <laughs> key difference. Uh, today, just before we uh, came on air, stroke stage, um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn walked out of a meeting with uh, party leaders because Chuka Amuna was there. Now, Chuka Amuna is my local MP in Streatham. I didn't even know he was Jewish. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, uh, but, um, uh, so Jeremy Corbyn, anyway, he walked out because Chuka Amuna was there and he's saying he's not a real party leader and walked out, which is exactly the kind of mature, grown-up politics we are crying out for at this difficult time. I'm not, Jeremy Corbyn, to me, throughout this process, has been... He's sprung into action like a coiled turd. <laughs> Fought for the future of the United Kingdom with the ferocity of a cornered blancmange. Um, how's, how's Brexit going down in Australia, Alice? I mean, it's a nice thing to, to see that you guys can keep a Prime Minister for more than five seconds. Um, 
And I find it reassuring. It's almost as though the mind-bendingly slow grinding inefficiencies of a representative democratic government are skewed against massive revolutionary change that affects every level of society on purpose. (laughs) I'm starting, Andy, I'm starting to suspect that it's a feature rather than a bug of the system to cause a massive ball ache for someone who wants to swan in and golf punt the place of a nation out of the world's delicately poised economic and military Jenga tower towards the ninth bogey while envisioning a tiny hole in the ground that doesn't exist. (laughs) Bear in mind, that is fair. What what are you looking at there? I think what 6:41 a.m. and that sentence came out coherent. <laughs> that is a high tariff maneuver from uh, from uh, uh, Fraser uh, there. Um, Theresa May has very much been like a firefighter desperately trying to put out a burning petrol station by throwing her third and final banana at it. <laughs> 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 Whilst shouting, I feel lucky, I feel lucky. <laughs> what, what does Australia think of Corbyn, you being the Australian Corbyn spokesman? Well, I just feel he's doing that brilliant Corbyn thing of losing an unlosable popularity contest by having strong opinions about everything except the thing that's directly relevant and anti Semitism. <laughs> oh, I think you might have a career ahead of you as a political advisor. That is. <laughs> He's like, the, he's like the uncle you used to like until you stopped being a teenager and realised he lives in a van. <laughs> but he's sticking to his principles. Except anti-Semitism. <laughs> I mean, Terence, when you are behind Theresa May in leadership credibility polls, uh, that is, I mean, that's like... I'm losing to Mozart in a triple jump competition. No no matter how bad you are, he's been dead since the 18th century. Hit the f***ing sandpit. Now, um, uh, Theresa May, uh, just just before we came on this, came out, there's a letter to to the EU, uh, who's it, to, uh, to Donald Tusk. Uh, I don't know if you can be, probably can't be asked to read it, so I've uh, summarised it uh, for you here. Uh, this is the uh, summary. I'll be Thelma, you'll be Louise. Let's f***ing do this thing. Um, Uh, what is going to happen next? Well, uh, at the moment, we're in this bizarre situation where we have managed to achieve simultaneously total chaos and total inaction. But f*** you, science. You've been owned. Um, uh, Theresa May is basically now trying to force a choice between uh, no deal, which has been voted against, and her deal, which has also been voted against, uh, which is basically like offering your child a choice of a new pet between a dodo and a brontosaurus. (laughs) And then saying to your child angrily when it looks a little bit confused, well you f***ing asked for a pet almost three years ago, I'm giving you a pet whether you f***ing want one now or not. (laughs) So we didn't really think about what having a pet would actually involve in terms of the logistics as a family, and really the only reason you wanted a pet at all was so you could train it to shit in your brother's slippers. But anyway, (laughs) dodo or brontosaurus, answer the f***ing question! Before you collapse like an overstretched metaphor. So, um... I think the thing is, I'm, I've been watching this for a while now, the Brexit back and forth, the arguing, the backbiting, the failure to compromise, the deliberately exploiting things for minor political gains that nobody cares about. I'm starting to feel like 
the mind-bendingly slow grinding inefficiencies of a representative de democratic government are skewed against massive revolutionary change that affects every level of society on purpose? <laughs> Which I'm starting to suspect that it's a feature rather than a bug of the system to cause a massive ball ache for anyone who wants to swan in and golf punt the place of a nation out of the world's delicately poised economic and military Jenga tower towards the ninth bogey while envisioning a tiny hole in the ground that doesn't exist <laughs> and Alice so uh, well uh, John uh, John Burkos uh, he threw a spanner in the works uh, with his uh, by using the uh, that law from 1604 um, now John Burko admittedly he's not exactly a shrinking violet um, he's more a bloated exploding violet <laughs> who shuns the glare of publicity very much like a sumo wrestler shuns the opportunity to prance around in nothing but his underpants um, <laughs> Now, but this is a law from 1604 that still exists, which means either one thing, uh, well, one of two things. One, our democracy is f***ing nuts. And or two, that maybe there's something in it. Because not all laws from 1604 have lasted. For example, uh, the law which stated that legally there was no difference between the word woman and the word witch. Uh, that uh, has been uh, cast by the wayside. <laughs> there's something really evil about Alice's laugh on a slight delay. <laughs> Um, for those of you unfamiliar with the law that John Burko applied, because it was basically stopped Theresa May putting the same piece of legislation three times after being rejected uh, significantly, twice as some of the biggest defeats in parliamentary history. Here's the, the wording of the law from 1604. It shall not be perforce or perchance permissible for His Majesty's Government, wherewith what from soever its will, in contravention or defiance of the sense and reason of its assembled wisdoms, to attempt to force hump the same f***ing useless piece of shit legislation... <laughs> through Parliament over and over again, despite it being really routinely puked back in the Prime Minister's face, simply hoping that eventually people just give the f*** up and cave in like a child in the back of a car demanding sweets. I want a sweet. You can't have a sweet. I want a sweet. I said you can't have a sweet. I want a sweet. I said you can't f***ing have a sweet. I want a sweet. Oh, what the hell? You might as well give a child a sweet and you're about to drive at high speed off the edge of a cliff into a disused quarry. You might as well go down with a f***ing fruit pastel and it's gobbers not. <laughs> so there we go. Um... <laughs> Oh, uh, one final Brexit story uh, before we, we, <laughs> we try to um, strangle this, this unwanted um, <laughs> Christmas puppy of an issue. Um, <laughs> France is... Um, it's an amazing amount of research I had to do to get that line out. Right. Now, uh, France's Minister for European Affairs has named her cat Brexit <laughs> because of its indecisive nature. Um, <laughs> This is, uh, might sound like a piece of bullshit, but it is in fact a piece of true bullshit. Um, Natalie Loiseau, the French minister, uh, says that her cat mews, uh, meows loudly to be let out, but then refuses to go outside when she opens the door. Um, so we're being, we're being zinged by the pet names of government ministers from France. How fucking low can we sink? Uh, it's Scotland News now! There we go. I was fascinated by this story from Scotland uh, this week. Uh, you might have seen it about uh, a, um, a stroke victim, a young man who'd had a stroke, and he's a Hibs fan, and he did not say anything for four months. And the first thing he said when he woke up was, hearts are shite. <laughs> but, that tells you a lot about A, football, <laughs> B, Scotland, and C, 
human beings. <laughs> not much else you need to know about, really, in this... Uh, in this uh, Alice, have you ever had a, ever had a four-month coma? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've had, I've had periods of my life when I was working in a law firm that certainly felt like a four-month <laughs> coma. Um, I, do, I do like uh, life football, um, uh, but I think you could improve. Um, uh, learn from other sports. And, uh, dealing with the curse of players diving, which irritates me as a fan of fair play. And you just learn from horse racing. <laughs> Some extremely solid structures in place for preventing the participants pretending they are injured when they are not. And uh, I think you'll find if a footballer was not calling for the uh, physio and the magic spray, but was calling for the tarpaulin of mercy <laughs> and, and a bolt gun, you see how fucking quickly they get back to their feet. Chris, how painful is a hip replacement? I thought you could ask, have you ever killed a horse? <laughs> We've talked about that so often, I know the answer to that. I mean, I've shown you and Alice the uh, photos of my ass post-surgery. Yeah. I mean, so, so it wasn't particularly pleasant. No. But, but, but then, a good scar is a good scar, yeah. right? Also, I've not seen your ass pre-surgery, so I don't have a, like, a control. Yes, you have. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna. We're moving on to uh, gay news now. Uh, you are the Bugles' uh, gay news uh, correspondent, and uh, well, J.K. Rowling, uh, Scottish hero, of course, has been uh, been in the news. Um, I don't have a background for this, so I'm just going to use these. <laughs> are bees gay? I don't know. There's only one woman, right? <laughs> it's like being on a sailing ship. You make do. <laughs> and what's gayer than f***ing flowers? <laughs> I mean, obviously f***ing someone of the same gender, but... Uh, J.K. Rowling has managed to anger both the left and the right wing by saying Dumbledore and Grindelwald had an intense sexual relationship. Um, Conservatives are angry that it's too gay. LGBT activists are saying it's not gay enough. I, for one, will only be happy when all children's books have an R-rated index at the back, like a Dungeons and Dragons vital statistics sheet detailing all of the sexual preferences and erotic strengths and weaknesses of every character. <laughs> um, I've not, I've not read Harry, Harry, Harry Potter. I mean, is it, is it, is it, I mean, are they? Is it? Is there an obvious subtext? No. <laughs> Um, I mean, surely this is what fan fiction was invented for. <laughs> well, uh, I would hope so, because what it certainly was not invented for, from my point of view, uh, was for the person who wrote some fan fiction involving me and John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, that is a paragraph you cannot unread. <laughs> Did you ever see that? I mean, I wrote it. <laughs> um, we have, uh, well, for those of you who don't know, who, who here, are you Potter fans up here? Yes, so, I mean, I've never read it. My daughter's really into it, but I, I thought I'd do some research on, uh, on the, the two characters involved. We've got uh, well, uh, Albus Dumbledore, um, who, uh, well, he, um, of course, reached round two with the mixed doubles at Wimbledon, playing with the great American Darlene Hard. There he is there. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, also uh, worked as the Drag Act for a while in the 1920s. 
whilst uh, Ab- <laughs> Abdullah Grindelwald, bit of a surprise first name that for me, uh, played Spoons on the B-side of an early Vera Lynn hit and uh, almost had a threesome with Mussolini and Marlene Dietrich and once had to have eight snooker balls surgically removed from his stomach after a fight with 15-time world uh, snooker champion Joe Davis after misunderstanding the term touching balls. <laughs> Um, See, there you go, Andy. That is fan fiction. You're doing it. <laughs> right, we have uh, some more um, uh, gay news now. Um, well, in fact, um, which one? Uh, uh, do you want to go with the Schwarzenegger gay news story? Oh, uh, yes, uh, yes. Yes. Strongman Rob Kearney uh, won a pro strongman contest in Melbourne and then married his boyfriend on a beach, thereby proving that there are some things in the world that are entirely pure. Uh, what makes it better is that Arnold Schwarzenegger attended uh, the wedding and put a picture up on, on his Instagram celebrating the love of these two giant men um, and that the Instagram handle of Rob Kearney is world's strongest gay. <laughs> I mean, the only thing better than being the best at picking big things up and eating 9,000 calories a day is marrying the man you love and knowing that Arnold Schwarzenegger's got your back. (laughs) Give me all your clothes. Uh, There's some other... um... Uh, uh, other good news uh, for Scotland has come out. Uh, you've probably seen some of the best news Scotland has had uh, recently. Um, it's that um, England is facing a massive water shortage within 25 years. <laughs> so, um, very good news for Scotland. Uh, Sir James Bevan, the head of the Environmental Agency down in London, said that he wants to see wasting water become as, quote, socially unacceptable as blowing smoke in the face of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, to be honest, that's more of a French thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this period of like massive international inequality where you have these parched ponds dragging their dry bones around the streets while you moist Scots slop around in your excess of water. <laughs> Um, I don't know, does it become socially acceptable to blow smoke in a baby's face if you are also pouring water unnecessarily on its head? Um, uh, I don't know. So let's uh, have a quick uh, bugle guide to when to blow smoke (laughs) in the face uh, of a baby. Um, So so here are the times when it is... (laughs) So sorry. When when should you blow smoke in the face of a baby? Uh, Well, one one time when it is acceptable to blow smoke in the face of a baby is when you are trying to summarise the history of the world since the Industrial Revolution to it and don't have much time. Here you go, kid. You f***ing deal with it. Uh, Or when the baby has been born with an infestation of cockroaches on his face. Or when the baby is a herring. Perhaps a slice of pig. Um, (laughs) Or when the baby has been born to a mother who's on universal credit. Sorry, I've got to stop wearing my what would the Department of Work and Pensions do wristband. Or when the baby might grow up to be Hitler, then it's fine. Um, 
or uh, when you are a large economic nation and the cost of not polluting the lungs of future generations just doesn't quite stack up on the balance sheet. At all other times, do not blow smoke in the face of a baby. By all means, vape in the face of a baby. That is fine. <laughs> <laughs> See, Andy, the data on vaping isn't in yet. People think it's better than smoking and it seems to be better than smoking. But imagine if you've, like, given up smoking to vape and then they found out that it wasn't good for you at all, like it was just as bad as smoking, and then you would be simultaneously really dead and super uncool. <laughs> Pun, puns. Well, I was... Well, I was thinking of doing uh, puns. I had a, um, a friend from uh, Glasgow, actually. He was uh, from Scotland. He was a massive Scottish fan of Scottish football. And uh, he was obsessed with all the Scottish football teams. But he, um, he, uh, he actually went to jail because he, um, he used to steal money to pay to go and watch. Uh, and he spent way too long. So when he came out, he had this really odd facial twitch whenever he was in a confined space and heard a key turning in the lock. He developed a real cell tick. <laughs> so my... He uh, used to save uh, containers from uh, his marmalade and leave them out of, outside his window ledge. He was paranoid about getting poisoned. Because the only water he would drink was, uh, was from... Uh, he'd leave his jars on his window ledge uh, when the weather was bad. Um, he was absolutely dependent on his rain jars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, but he made, uh, made me and my, uh, my, uh, my dad fill out this questionnaire about our favourite bit of referee's kit. Uh, and my dad and I, we preferred different things. I chose uh, the red card, but Pa ticked the whistle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyway, we sent him, uh, for his, he was obsessed with uh, English actresses and... Um, uh, we sent him this, uh, uh, he wanted a, a, a sort of kinky strippogram dressed like one of England's most famous actresses. Uh, and uh, I'm afraid the Dench wasn't available, uh, nor was the Glenda Jackson. So we sent Mirren. <laughs> he was also firmly of the opinion that manure from dairy farms has hidden health-given properties. He had rather strange cow dung belief. Cow dung belief. <laughs> And very, very strange shopping list as well. He like cured pig uh, meat from uh, cured meat from pig's legs. He only drank dairy, uh, tinned fish. He loved and uh, very trendy berries. Uh, so his shopping list generally read ham, milk, tuna, ackies. <laughs> um, he also loved dressing up like seventeenth-century uh, Christian writers, but also looking very uh, fashionable at the same time. He, he was a very hip bunion. Hip onion, hip onion. Um, uh, he didn't get on with his parents though. He actually uh, kidnapped his own mum uh, and uh, kept her in a deep, narrow pit in his garden and would lower her food and drink down in a bucket. He called it his mother well. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but um, he, uh, uh, anyway, he did a lot of good work for charity in the end. And I told him it seemed uh, inevitable that he would be made uh, a sir. I said to him, it's a done deal, United. <laughs> uh, there we go. So uh, that was it. I mean, I didn't have much time for it because I was gonna, actually going to do um, puns about uh, bat fence battles between England and Scotland, but 
Uh, I, I couldn't. My memory's not what it was. I've uh, flooded all the names. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. That's the only. That's the only one. That's all I've got done. Bar this one. <laughs> Sorry, that was a panic pun. Panic pun. Panic pun. Panic pun. Panic pun. How many is that? This is 13, two pun 14? runs. Right. Andy. Okay. There we go. Two pun. Here endeth the bugle. Amen. Don't forget to voluntarily subscribe if you want to with whatever you can and more importantly want to contribute. Various monthly options are listed via the donate button on our website or you can just make up whatever you want yourself. Thank you in advance and or retrospectively if you've already done it. One more thing, don't forget Satirist for Hire at Soho Theatre 26th, 27th and 28th of March. Send your uh, satirical requests to satirise this at satiristforhire.com and go and see Alice at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. That, sorry, that was two more things, no third thing. One of the options uh, included in the voluntary subscription scheme is the promise of me libelling you in a positive way if you subscribe with uh, that as an option. Quite a lot of you have done so. I will now, therefore, commence the lies. If you're not involved in this week's lies, rest assured, plenty more where these came from. I think you know me that well by now. Until next week, goodbye. Chris, music please. Begin the lies. Tony Price has built a papier-mâché white rhinoceros. He intends to bring it to life to save the endangered species by dousing it with pickled herrings. Catherine Cartwright, meanwhile, keeps a two-yard section of spare road in the back of her car, just in case she meets someone who ends their journey zero to six feet away from their intended destination. Adam Smout is from the Smout family, so named because they invented a hybrid cross between the smirk and the pout, resulting in the most seductive facial expression in the history of the human head. Chris Llewellyn once dreamt that he discovered the world's largest natural source of marshmallow, six kilometres beneath Antarctica. He set up a mining operation and gave all the profits to the penguins. Stephen Jones, by contrast, taught a badger to breakdance. It saved the badger's life when it did a headspin, it is that breakdancing, under a speeding truck. Kieran Conliffe wrote most of Bob Dylan's songs. All Dylan did was translate them from the hieroglyphs, sell out. Kyle Underwood thinks volcanoes only erupt because they are lonely, so he talks to a volcano every weekend. None of them has ever erupted. Usman Kayum can make anyone taste the taste of lemonade just by describing lemonade to them. And Darren Warner often sets up decoy picnics with all the wasps' favourite foods so that everyone else can enjoy their picnic untroubled by wasps. Nick Kane, for his part, he thinks Johnny Cash should have been UN Secretary General, whilst Adrian Stirrup bizarrely believes that horses should never have been domesticated by humans, because we might have stayed where we were then and no war would ever have happened. Baptiste Misspellon can remember the exact seat he sat in on every train journey he's ever been on. Incredible. Mark Puttick, uh, well, he wants to make a cured sausage using meat from three countries in Europe and two each from Africa and Asia, and then sell it to fans of the blues rock group The White Stripes as a seven-nation salami. Rob Weir wonders whether or not people ski. Every time he meets someone new, he assesses them and guesses whether or not they do in fact ski. He's correct more than 93% of the time. And finally, Mark Adams has invented eight types of mechanical flamingo. One day, he will make them fight to the death on free-to-air television so everyone can enjoy it. Thank you to all of you involved in those lies and others who will be involved in future lies and everyone who's donated to the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme so far. To join them, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click Donate.
Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.